Christy Pinnison is a board-certified counselor, seven-figure business-building entrepreneur, host of the Inspiring Possible podcast, and founder of Be Inspired Counseling and Consulting, a multi-location group practice in central Louisiana. She has coached and advised dozens of leaders, mental health professionals, and business owners from across the country to help them grow through the many challenges they face. Due to her knowledge and leadership, she is highly recognized by other professionals in her field. As a result, she was awarded the 20 Under 40 Leadership Award. In addition, she has been a guest on the Montel Williams podcast, Free Thinking, and her expertise has been regularly featured in articles on NBC, Today, and many other media outlets and publications. She is passionate about empowering mental health professionals and individuals, leadership to live with confidence, conviction, and limitless beliefs that anything is possible. Hi, I'm Casey, and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here? Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can have real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear fun and insightful interviews with experts who can point you toward self-discovery and fulfillment. Welcome back, besties. We got an awesome guest here. We've already been chatting away before we even pushed to record. You're getting ready to say that we have an awesome host. Awesome host. Well, it's kind of... We do have some awesome hosts. I know. That's going to take the credit. We're all awesome. Could you take a second and introduce yourself? Yeah. My name is Christy Pennison. I am from the Deep South in Louisiana. And I don't know what else I need to say about me. I have some rescue animals... I do some therapy sometimes, you know, have a counseling practice, things like that, podcast, all things. I kayak sometimes out on my pond. Have you ever been chased by an alligator? No, but there has been an alligator. There's like this little small pond that I like to go out. It's right in front of my house. And every now and then I have no idea how they get in there. But every year we will have some baby alligators that Mm -hmm. didn't have to come and be gotten by the wildlife and fisheries because they get too big and then everybody's scared about their little dogs and stuff. It's like really interesting to watch our Facebook community chat when all that stuff goes down. <laughs> like, and they, they'll even name them. The neighbors that really look at the pond a lot will name them. I don't know how they know which one is which, but. Oh yeah. You can tell the difference. We have a place in South Carolina and there are alligators all over the island and they all look different and they're all different sizes and they all have names. And every time we go, Kelsey wants to chase them on golf carts. Not oh, like literally. literally. I'm just intrigued by them. Yeah. I love that. Um, so you could have been Steve Irwin. Isn't Steve Irwin in the past life? Totally. I mean, I don't know that I want to wrestle one, but I definitely like watching them. Oh, I'm not wrestling one. I, they they get me. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say what I used to tell my youngest daughter because it's horrible about alligators and how they were going to eat her. Or actually, she thought they were going to eat her. I was just kind of playing along and asking, like, if she would sacrifice herself for her (laughs) mother. Anyway, no, you kind of called it, Chrissy, because we were telling you that we wanted to talk a little bit about limiting beliefs. And (laughs) Kelsey walked right into it because every single time, that we record a podcast after we're done. She always, the very first thing she'll look at me and say, did I sound stupid? Did I sound dumb? 
And every single time I'm just like, no, but it's already recorded. So even if you did, it's going out. I've got a little bit more confident just like throwing it out there. I've made a fool of myself the last couple episodes in case he's like, <laughs> but it's fine. Well, she gets super nervous, you know, yeah. like she gets, she gets really in her own head. And I know that that's very common for people and that's your area of expertise. So I'm just, what are your thoughts and how can we fix Kelsey? Are you tired of running to the lobby to see if your next appointment has arrived? Would you like a more discreet, stress-free way for your clients to check in? Take a deep breath. The receptionist for iPad empowers your practice to create a zen-like check-in experience. This episode is sponsored by the receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy and behavioral health offices used by thousands of practitioners across the country. The Receptionist for iPad is a simple, inexpensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash besties. And when you do, you'll also get your first month free when you sign up. I mean, I, I even think about myself and I'm not somebody that truly always gets in my head about things, but I don't care who you are. I think we all have these beliefs that hold us back from truly stepping out into something that might be for us. So I think about myself whenever I even started a podcast, which wasn't too long ago, and I was sitting there procrastinating recording the first episode. I don't know if y'all had this, but I had thoughts of like, does anybody, is anybody really going to listen to this? Does anybody really want to hear what I have to say? Is it going to sound ridiculous? <laughs> you know, so I think those are all normal because it's something that we've never done that we're pushing ourselves to do. And we want to stay safe. Our mind wants to keep us safe. And it seems scary to do something we've never done before. So naturally, I think our brain is just trying to tell us like, hold up. Should you really be doing that? Mm -hmm. so. You two are high achieving professional women. And since being with Casey, I realized she looks flawless when she's doing something. But I also realized that she does have some nerves attached to that. And it took me a while to know that because she does walk out in confidence a lot of the times. Well, while you were speaking, Christy, I was actually thinking, I don't feel like that about stuff. Now, I get nervous and I have limiting beliefs about other things. But like, if it's, do people really want to listen to this podcast? Am I going to sound stupid? Am I going to get up on stage and forget what I'm supposed to say? I just basically... <laughs> This is awful. No, you're this is a good conversation because I have a question I want to ask you once you say what you're going to say. Well, I just automatically assume all of the above. Yes, I'm going to sound stupid. Yes, I'm going to say something really dumb. Heck, I talked about freaking corn in Texas on accident. <laughs> like, you know, and, and here's the thing is where it was this, there was what, like a few hundred people, 600 people, maybe, I don't know, a lot of people. And these are smart people. Like these are doctors. Okay. Most of them have to be smart and they are having me speak. And I did not know, cause I don't watch the TikTok, but the it's corn TikTok. You know what I'm talking about? 
this no. little it's this little boy and he's like, about the same age as me because i don't yes. know <laughs> i haven't really got into the tiktok too much yet i aspire to at some point but well it's this little boy and he says it's corn and he talks about how much he loves corn and casey made a reference to it and some people started laughing in the crowd but she had no idea no so I'm sitting up there and then they're laughing. So then I'm like going more into the whole <laughs> corn, corn, corn. And it was just, oh my God. I mean, whatever. So I just assume that everything or that I'm going to do say look stupid, but I just don't care. You know, like I, I think it is part of the experience. And who wants to, who wants to listen to somebody that's like a robot that's perfect? And who wants to watch someone on stage that's so meticulous and everything that they say, how how are they going to relate to that? Because that's not even in real life. So I don't know. That's Well, just... what I'm hearing you say <laughs> is that you've become comfortable being yourself authentically. And I have a question because I'm curious, has that always been the case? Because me and my mom was even talking about, I feel like I have a positive mindset and she's like, you know, you came out the womb like that, right? But I wonder if you came out the womb like that, just truly being yourself and saying like, I know it's not going to, some people are going to miss it. I may not be relatable to everybody. It may sound stupid to some people, but I really don't care. Has that always been you are was there a point in time where you started to not give two flips about other people or their perception both I think that's always been me I I have a very at the core yeah I have a very just challenging personality and even as a little kid you could ask my, my mom my dad probably paid no attention I would have no idea but if like all the other kids in the class were coloring their picture a certain way I wanted mine to look totally different. Like I was not a follower. You were an individual, an individualistic person. Like I want to stand out. I want to be uniquely me. I do not want to go. If the crowd is going this way, I'm going to purposely go this other way. Yes. Now with that, I don't always want the attention of being an individual person. Like I like it. I like to do my own thing, but I don't necessarily want everyone to see me. You know what? You're over here like smirking. Yeah, because I'm thinking I'm opposite. <laughs> She's the total. I want to do something not not because I want all this praise and etc. I do want recognition. If I'm doing something, I want somebody to recognize me. Yeah, and you're more of like I don't give a shit. I don't care. But <laughs> I just am awful. I'm just telling on everybody today. I've started the day off just telling on everybody. <laughs> I have two older siblings and. My oldest sibling, he is 14 years older than me, very much a people pleaser. Like, we'll do anything just to get that external validation. You're doing such a good job. Very submissive in that kind of way. Then I have an older sibling, a sister, 13 years older than me. She had to have everything perfect all the time, just complete to the extreme. And when she would speak, I would always notice, like it, it always piqued my interest because of how she would talk to people and how whenever she would speak, everything was enunciated and there it was just always very formal and always trying to use these big words. And I just remember from a little kid on to my adulthood thinking, you are not relatable at all. You know, you're coming across as pretentious and snotty. 
And I just really did not ever want to come across that way. And so I think part of it was just naturally who I was. But then the other part was just noticing the environment and wanting to just be as authentic as possible. Yeah, I think we all just come with different things that hold us back. That might be a better way to explain it. Like, what is the thing that's holding us back from doing a thing that we want to do or holding us back from pushing ourselves out of a comfort zone or whatever? And it can look different for different people. Like you said, it might be for you. Part of it was just that, you know, I wonder too, if like, I just don't want to be like that. (laughs) I don't know. The moral of the whole story. Sometimes when Casey and I talk about certain things, she'll say, well, I never really had that in my life. I just did the opposite of what people showed me. Like if I knew I didn't like that or I didn't like the way somebody treated me, I just did the opposite. Yeah. But yeah pretty we much. talk about well, that all the time. Well, because personally, I never had that mirror. Like I never had that role model of of someone that I wanted to be like or model like respect or kindness or whatever. It took me a while to figure out what that looked like for me. Mm-hmm. And coming into business, you know, like in terms of being a female and, you know, a mom and, and all of that, I think I found confidence in different roles that I played in my life at different times. But as a business owner, I really had to figure out who I was in that role. And it, it took me a while. I've been watching all of the past seasons of Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, okay. I've been rewatching Game of Thrones. Okay. So I don't know if that like, says about us. <laughs> I mean, I just, and she, God, she hates it. So I have to sneak and watch it like when she's not around. But sometimes um, it gets me thinking about things. And I was thinking yesterday how, how I would have ran my business nine years ago versus how I'm running it now and the type of, leader that I am now versus then and like all the growth and the change and how I was not confident back then and how I am confident now. And I think that if I would have fallen into that, those limiting traps of, well, I've never done this before. Can I do this? Do people ever want this? I can't imagine on what I would have missed out on. Yeah. Well, and what I've learned, I don't know if you learned this, Casey, if there's something that's causing me to have discomfort at this point in my life, it's probably a sign I need to lean into it and actually do it. (laughs) Or if it's something that I'm scared about, I need to do it because that's, that's the only way through. I mean, I can remember a point in time as we're talking about this, where I think the first time I was ever a guest on somebody's podcast and literally I was probably super anxious. I was, you probably wouldn't have been able to tell it if you listened back to the interview, but I was anxious. I think I had like notes galore, you know, written <laughs> out, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to say? How am I going to respond to this? You know, what you- am I going to do this? D- is this resonating, Kelsey? Is this like, yes. you're like, yes, so me. But the more I did it, the more I pushed myself, even though I was nervous and scared around it, the more comfortable it became. And then a few years later, you could be asking me like, okay, well, how do you feel about hopping on? And before we're getting on, I'm sitting here throwing my earrings on. I had put a little bit of lipstick on just to make sure that I wasn't like looking like I had looked the rest of the day, (laughs) you know, so and just come in, come in as myself. But I think it takes you a while to push yourself through those things that make you nervous or uncomfortable so that you can find the other side of that limiting belief, which is actually, wait, people will listen to me kind of like you said. 
So it's really our inner dialogue that I think sometimes really holds us back from stepping into things that we want to step into because we're scared because we've never done it before. But if we give ourselves the chance, and even if it if even if it fails miserably and it turns out terribly, at least we've learned something and we've learned that, hey, I have the actual capacity to at least try. And I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather try to do something than to sit back and then live a re- life of regret saying, man, I wish I would have done that thing that I wanted to do a long time ago. And think about you, Casey, you said your confidence has grown, but if you had never did all the things you've done, then you might would sit back and be like, oh, I wish I was still doing that thing. And I think we can all get caught in that trap of I wish I was and not make action towards it and push ourselves past that discomfort. And so it just keeps us in limbo. Well, I think the one thing that saves me with our podcast is I, I told Casey after our last one, I was like, did you notice that I was tracking, which I'm a therapist. So, you know, it's just a conversation. And I think that's what I have to acknowledge is no, I'm not doing therapy, but I'm just having a conversation with somebody and people are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've developed a lot of skills over your time as a therapist to have conversations. It's just yeah. a recorded conversation. I think, and it's just steps towards whatever it is you're working towards or, well, I, <laughs> We were talking to, I think it was Patrick Casal the other day, and this kind of got brought up a little bit. And I was telling him that my nature is just to move in the direction of things that I am afraid of. That is just me. And everything from when I was little, I was six and I got bit by a German shepherd. It took the whole side of my face off over here. But like, I was so terrified and I needed to recreate that experience in a positive way so that I could move past that. But things like that, you know, I find myself doing all the time. And when you were talking, two things came to mind. One, I can't remember who said this. And at the time when I heard it, I thought, well, that's dumb. I was on a training and this lady was on there and she said, what if what is in the way for you? is the way. And I'm sitting there thinking, what's in my way? Like what is getting in my way of doing and being what I really want to be right now? And that was when I was writing a book, the first book, it was those limiting beliefs of like, I suck, literally failed college English twice, like with an F, not even a D, an F. Well, I had a lot of uh, self-doubt around that, and and I've remembered it ever since. And the second thing I thought of, and this is just going to sound like like I've been smoking some pot or something, and like, <laughs> but I'm dead serious. Sometimes I'll get in these headspaces where reality sets in, and I'm like, you know what? Unless you believe in reincarnation, you're going to have one life. That's it. And so why am I wasting time in it? You know, why am I not doing what I want to do? So what if I got married twice and it didn't work out? Who cares? Just all of these things that I just, if I have a desire to do something or go after something, I'm not going to hold back on it. And like, I'm always trying to coax this one because we live one time and we could, our lives could change or it could be over at any moment. And I just know that I would be the kind of person that at the end, I would have a lot of regrets. I don't want to do that. So Yeah, but you brought up a good point I'm thinking about. And you said as you were writing this book, that's when some of your limiting beliefs come back because of your experience of school, right? And like barely passing English class. For me, that was chemistry. Failing. Failing. Okay, failing, failing. (laughs) 
failing English <laughs> class. So then when you're starting to write this book, then all of this stuff comes up about the fact of like, wait, I have felt English class. And I think for all of us, we have these different life experiences, right? And we do have different personalities and we're all very unique, right? Our chance of being born is like one in a trillion something. I don't know. So we all have this uniqueness about us. And I think our limiting beliefs look different for everybody. But I do think it has a lot tied back to our past experience, where if we've tried something and it hasn't gone the way that we've anticipated, or if we've never tried it and we just have heard messages that have reinforced this belief, then it's harder for us to escape it. So I can remember before I jumped out and did the therapy practice and started all that, I was in a job that had just had me so burnt out, like I had just given and given and leadership changed. And, you know, I was burning the midnight oil at both ends and really just not the best version of myself because I started complaining a lot. And people were like, man, what's wrong with you? You never complain. You look a little bit, you know, sad looking. And so it was just wearing on me. But I remember my limiting belief at that time, because I was a single mom, was like, you know what? I need insurance benefits. Okay. It was really literally insurance benefits. Like, I'm like, I cannot leave this job. I get a good salary. I've been making more money than I've ever made. Like, I'm no longer on the struggle bus where I'm like piecemealing things together to make ends meet. And I'm like, I just, I just can't leave because I need the insurance. So I started confronting. I realized that was the thing that was stuck with reason why I hadn't left. And one day I just was like, I just got to go ask the question. So I called like an insurance broker or whatever that did insurance through like the health place marketplace. And I called him up and I was like, Hey, look, can you like tell me how much it would cost if I jumped out of this and like didn't know where I was going to land and tell me how much it was going to cost me a month. And would you know, when I asked the question, I found out that it was going to cost me less than what <laughs> I was actually paying. And for my employee, as an employee, you know, at this company, and I was like, this has been the thing that's holding me back. I also, me and my daughter were relatively, thank the Lord, healthy. So we didn't really utilize going to the doctor very much anyways. But this was the thing that held me back for like months in this job that I was like, was draining me and sucking life out of me. And once I found the answer to that question and just confronted, at least asked it and helped me at least make a step in the direction that was better for me. But I think so often we don't even maybe not know the questions that we need to ask or we don't we're not aware of what's holding us back. I think a lot of times we don't even have that awareness of what is the thing that's holding me back from doing this thing that I know would be better for me. I just don't know what it is. I think You're it's taking it all in. Yes, you? yes. I'm thinking about myself and how it's not about for me. It's not about this is an intervention, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Casey like texted me before I got on and was like, hey, this is what we're doing. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. She didn't. <laughs> I like stepping out of my comfort zone. I don't a lot of the times because of my anxiety. That's what stands in the way is because I'm overthinking everything that might possibly happen. And as a therapist, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of screwed up. Maybe I need to do some work on that. But yeah, I think I limit myself in that way because I'm constantly, is the outcome of this going to align? But with that being said, I think failure is important. And we kind of talked about that in our previous podcast. Without failure, you're never moving, you're you're never propelling forward. But also, it's important to not try to control your outcomes. I know, I know. 
it takes you completely out of the present and it moves you into this living in this future that doesn't even exist yet. Like, so that you'll notice difference in, in Kelsey and I, I'm very quick to make a decision. Like boom, 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 all day long. Like it does not bother me to make a decision. She can't make a decision to save her life. I'm surprised she ordered me cheese curds an hour ago without me asking. I've been getting better. I think in the last two years I can, especially in, in work, I can be like, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then you'll sneak and be like, is it okay that I delegate that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your job. <laughs> yeah. But it, but you know, it takes time to move that muscle and get that confidence. Like I talk about like the fact that I can think about my life and there's been different periods of jumping off points that I feel like I went to the cliff and then I jumped off, <laughs> you know, and just hope that I landed on the bottom and surrendered the outcome. Hopefully there's not sharp rocks at the bottom when I jump off this cliff. But, you know, I didn't start at the big cliff. I started at the small one, like the little baby thing where I could see the water very clearly and you can know that you're going to jump in safely. And I think, Kelsey, like what you experience is what a lot of people experience is that anxiety that's holding them back because it feels safer if they can know the outcome. And the reality is that we don't often know what the outcome is and we can calculate in our head all day long to say, this is what all the different scenarios could be. And I think there's some value in that sometimes. I'm sure there's sometimes you add value to Casey by like, okay, let's just slow down a little bit and look at this in this this way, right? Because I appreciate, I'm a, I've become more comfortable cliff jumping, okay? So I can go to the cliff and there's still sometimes when I'm like, that's scary, but I need sometimes people to pull me back and just be like, look, I know you're really ready to jump, but like, let's just survey the the landscape real quick. Y'all are laughing because y'all know this is probably going on right. And y'all's really jump. So it's like, let's just survey the landscape and then we can jump. So I think part of it is you just got to get comfortable jumping, but it doesn't happen overnight. And it takes yourself intentionally realizing what's holding you back and just pushing through it. And then the more you do that, I think the more it becomes comfortable. It's crazy, but I think it does. I'm just an all-in kind of person. Like, I don't half-ass anything. So everything I do, she was laughing at me yesterday because I was talking about I cleaned the closet, which doesn't sound like that big of a task, but it it was actually bad. And I was like, Kelsey, I don't have any shirts. Like, I have t-shirts, but I don't have, like, nice shirts that I would wear to work or a business dinner or lunch. Exactly where you're going with this. And she's like giggling and, but I'm just like, what? And she's like, nothing. I'm like, what? What is so funny? She said, well, I can tell you why you have no shirts. So she said, well, because when I met you, you didn't have any t-shirts. Like you had no t-shirts. And so I told you, Casey, you really need to buy t-shirts. And so you bought like a hundred t-shirts. Then you told me you didn't have pants. And so I said, well, you probably need, you need pants. Like you need jeans, you need, because all I had was leggings. So then you bought about 25 pair of jeans all at one time. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, and then you didn't really have shoes. And then you bought like, shoes. A lot. That was an expensive trip. <laughs> then you didn't have dresses. So then you you bought dresses. And and she said, and the only thing that we've never talked about you not having is tops. And so in my head, I'm already thinking, I'm on it. Like, I'm going to buy. I'm going to go buy tops. 
petite tops and but that's just me like I'm like oh are you does your pants not fit here do you want a black pair a dark pair a light pair (laughs) you are that is how you are I'm like that about everything like laundry oh we don't just need one pack of laundry detergent we need at least two probably three but this is such a good conversation because it's interesting because I think we all need these different types of people in our lives, right? We need the people that are like where I told you. So we're all three different, right? Like I'm the jumper and I go up a little bit increment incrementally, like if I'm jumping off a cliff, Casey's going to go straight to the top and she's just going to jump off all the way in. She's not even going to try to jump a little bit at a time. And then Kelsey's still down at the bottom trying to figure out whether or not she should even jump I'm or not. Up. She's going to see if we die first. Before. <laughs> well, hey, at least she's gathering some data. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I'm always gathering data. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you should collect evidence, right? And that's kind of like what I know y'all are both therapists. We've done this with people before where we have this thought in their head and we have to try to find the facts, right? Like, okay, how true is this? You know, because I think it's hard for us to believe just something completely opposite than what our limiting thought process is. But it's how do we just get it a little bit more to the middle? And you have to look for evidence to realize that maybe this thought isn't as true as I once thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, having people in your I know this is kind of off track, but bear with me. Having people in your corner that really can balance some of like, you know, if you're a Casey Cliff jumper, I think we balance each other out because she has pushed me to be like, I'm just going to do it. And if I suck at it, I suck at it and I'll figure it out. So when this happened. I swear, I thought she was going to say no. Oh, like, really? I, so that was your oh, belief that was holding you back? Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought she was going to say no. She's so calculated with everything. And I'm like, just to get her to do anything that's spontaneous without alcohol. <laughs> I mean, it's just different. So I do think you're right, though. Like, we do balance that. And we are able to have conversation about it, too. Well, and that's where I think you need people in your life to reflect back to you what they see in you. Because a lot of times I feel that most of our dialogue within ourselves for some people, maybe not everybody, but is tends to be more on the negative side and more on the limiting side. So when you have somebody, I think most people don't see us the way we sometimes internally see ourselves. Having that person to reflect back to you like, no, I mean, I know after I did the first few episodes, we're thinking about the podcast, right? And some people actually gave some positive feedback. I was like, hallelujah, like, thank you. You know, it helped me feel more confident to keep going. But I think sometimes we just have to have that mirror reflection back to us to say, like, if you just saw you the way that I see you, then you would actually probably take a lot more risks, step into a lot more things you know, move outside of your comfort zone a little bit faster. But sometimes you just need those people to hold up the mirror and say like, hey, how you see you and how I see you is two different things. Well, that's perfect. You kind of ended that Johnny on the spot. That was really good. And it just makes me think, I don't know about y'all, but when I have these kind of conversations, it makes me think, okay, what is in my way right now? And what could be the way? That's what I wrote that down when I when you said that, because this thing that's in my way actually could be the way I just have to lean into it and take a step and move forward. Absolutely. Same. I'm thinking about it too. (laughs) Same girl, same. Well, thank you, Christy. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me to the back porch. Next time I'll come in real life. Is there lemonade and like a rocking chair? 
Absolutely. Hopefully we'll have a back porch by then. We'll even have somebody serve it to us. Sign me up. Y'all just let me know when. If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast so we can keep making great content. Talk to you later, besties.